Good morning, church. Let us pray. Father, what a glorious opportunity to bring your word to your people. Lord, I ask that you will speak to our hearts today. Speak to my heart, Lord. So I'm not worthy to bring this word, but I ask that you speak, speak to your people, speak to my heart about what your word says and how we should obey it. Pray that you will give us clarity. You will bring forth, Lord, a heart that is obedient to your word, a heart that hungers for you, that desires more and more of your word, that your word may do its work in us. Ask this in the name of Jesus. Today's word is titled Obeying God's Word. Our key text is taken from James chapter 1, verse 19 to 25. It says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if any is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Amen. We saw last time um, about the power of God's word seems such a long time ago now, in February, just before the COVID outbreak. But we saw how God's powerful word, and, and we talked about its working to save sinners. In particular, we saw how this word of truth is the vehicle by which one comes to faith in Jesus. Let's take a look at James 1, verse 18. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. And if we look at James 1.21, it says, Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. The word of God brings about faith in the heart of man. It is all the work of God. Faith that comes by hearing the word is hindered from a heart that is full of wickedness, vileness, and disturbing behaviour and filthiness. There is an implantation that occurs by God firmly fixing his life-changing and dynamic word within the old man to produce a new creation. Part of being a new creation in Christ is that we are a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Jesus being the first fruits among many brothers. When we see part B of verse 18, it says that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Romans 8.29 affirms this. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. What James, James and Paul are saying is that God's word has power to call forth and to bring to life human beings by the divine plan and purpose the will of God. In verse 18, 
of chapter one. He says, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. See, brothers and sisters, we can become quite casual with the truth of God revealed in his word. The length of time we've been in a church is not necessarily a reflection of the extent to which God's word has transformed our hearts and renewed our minds. There is often a gap between our knowledge of God and our actions. For some, it poses the question whether we are really truly saved. Others, it exposes our lack of maturity in living out God's word. It may even reveal the disparity between what we assume is works and our zeal for the Lord. So we want to look at two points today. Firstly, the continual disobedience to God's word leads to unrighteousness. And secondly, continual obedience to God's word produces the righteousness of God. So let's look at that first point. Continual disobedience to God's word leads to unrighteousness. See, James Jonah comes to mind when we think about a clear disobedience of God's word. God gave specific instructions to Jonah in the first chapter to arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. What did Jonah do after hearing such a clear directive from the Lord? Well, he went to Tarshish instead to flee God's presence. Wow. God gives clear instructions. God Almighty speaking directly to him, and yet he displays the audacity to disobey and disregard the word of God. What is clear from Jonah's actions is that, this, that his decision-making resulted from his self-righteousness. He thought he was right in his own eyes. Never mind what God had planned or his intentions, Jonah's response was to turn his back on God and run away from his presence. How is that even possible? His sure intentions were that he could run, outrun God, even to seek a place that God does not dwell, and furthermore, get away with his foolish, foolish behaviour. We know of his journey, and how God caused a great fish to swallow him, him up for three days, and that brought about repentance, however brief. But again, Jonah was not satisfied with God's mercy shown to the people of Nineveh when they repented following the word of the Lord delivered by Jonah himself. He was displeased and angry. Amongst Jonah's disobedience, rebellion, self-seeking behavior showed his unrighteous heart. God then took him on a journey of chastisement to demonstrate that his compassion and his anger are righteous. Let's return to James chapter 1.22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Let's pause here. What is James saying? James is saying that the self-deception the self is conceived when the word of God is only heard but not acted upon. Sounds familiar, right? Jonah fell into such a self-deception. His ears were wide open, but his actions contradicted what he heard. See, I was baking a cake recently with my son, banana cake to be exact. Our first attempt a few weeks prior was fantastic. We couldn't get enough of it. It tasted so good. 
The second time we made it, I thought, let us try something different. So I googled another recipe to keep, keep things interesting. I misread the headline description and we ended up making banana bread instead of cake. It tasted great, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't the desired objective. Now this time, I thought, let's keep things even more interesting. Let's try a, dis a different recipe. I know what you're thinking. I hadn't learned my lesson, right? On this third occasion, everything was going fine. I followed all the instructions, but I decided to reduce the amount of flour required. Well, the result, the cake never rose or formed the right consistency. And instead, we were left to eat banana pancakes. I deceived myself into thinking, I've got this under control. I know what I'm doing. My self-confidence and reliance had overlooked the importance of the recipe I was to follow. On which occasion was I obedient? You see, Jonah deceived himself, thinking that his disobedience would be overlooked. He deceived himself, thinking that he could actually escape God's presence. Jonah heard God clearly. This wasn't one of those dreams where you, were, you wake up thinking, phew, it was only a dream. It was outright disobedience. Jonah's disobedience led him to be swallowed up by the fish for three days. Three days. We can't overlook that. In stark contrast, that our Lord Jesus, in his perfect obedience, although a son, he learned obedience by the things he suffered. See, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8 to 9, says this, Although he was a son, he learned, his, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Jesus' perfect obedience ensured he completed his work on the cross by obeying the Father's word, dying for us, nailing our sins to the cross. Jesus, after three days, arose victorious, having become the firstborn among many brothers. His resurrection has become the guarantee for all believers, resurrection at his return and the assurance for us eternal salvation. Jesus is the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Continual disobedience to God's word leads to unrighteousness. See, James writes in verse 23 and 24. For if any is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. So keep in mind that James is writing to the Jewish Christians that have been, have been dispersed in Jerusalem. See, an objective, normal mirror exists to reflect reality. What is seen cannot be faked, or can it? A person who is not God, honouring and obedient to God's word, examines themselves, as James, James says, like someone looking in a mirror and looking at their natural face intently, a sense of intense scrutiny and then analysis, then he or she walks away from the mirror and immediately totally forgets what they've looked at in that mirror. How is this possible? Well, a true mirror in itself 
does not give a distorted view of whatever it is reflecting. Naturally speaking, when you look into a mirror, you may see some imperfections. We've all been in this period of lockdown. Truth be told, one of our major concerns has been our hair. How is my hair? How is my beard looking? There's been so, there have been no access to a hairdresser or barber. So how many times have you actually looked in the mirror in the last few months? Probably quite a few times, I guess. You've noticed you need to get your hair fixed or have a trim. My point is you've noticed a change. Or imagine, examine your life in the light of the mirror of God's word that has been implanted into you, yet having seen God's standards and you, that you don't measure up to that. You don't measure up to them by your own power or strength. You see the impurities and the imperfections. Essentially, the sin that still exists in your life, which is really the areas you're not obeying God and his word. But you brush those things aside as, as if you are unaware and you do nothing about it. How many times do we hear the word of God on a Sunday? And by the evening time, you've got into an argument with someone or you've been rather loose with your words. You're angered, you've angered someone dear to you. You've started a week bouncing from the life-changing word that you heard, read, watched. The word had cut deep into your heart, but it wasn't long before you forgot the message that you heard. And you did not apply it when your next door neighbour starts a bonfire in the garden, sparking off your allergies. You forget about that patience and the long suffering that you just heard. And you deem it the perfect opportunity to give them a piece of your mind. Surely the word of God was so real and tangible moments before. What happened? Did we fall into deception thinking we understood God's word? See, we are often tested on what we hear. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But also in Mark chapter 4 verse 24, it says, And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear with the measure you use it. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and still more will be added to you. Verse 25. For the one who has more will be given and the one who has not, even what he has, will be taken away. So pay attention to the word you hear. Use it. Act upon it. Don't forget it. If you don't continue in obeying the word, well, the word was not implanted in the first place. Continual disobedience to God will only serve to show the genuineness of our faith. If we continue to disobey and we don't come to repentance, then we go see where our faith is at. See, deception brought Adam and Eve to sin. Deception still plays a major part in our disobedience today. The deception of self-righteousness, knowing, understanding and referencing what God has spoken or commanded does not produce righteousness. Living out our faith daily by actively obeying God's word produces the righteousness of God. It's the confirmation of the word that's been implanted already. 
only true obedience to God's word, doing what he says, living daily by his word, enables a Christian to receive even more grace to obey him. Point number two, obedience to God's word produces the righteousness of God. In Jesus, a disciplined follower of Christ is made righteous. That position of right standing before the Lord is secured by Jesus and Jesus alone. See, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. A true believer has been made righteous, is being made righteous, and will be made righteous in the age to come. James had stated previously in the preceding verses in chapter 1, verse 19 to 21, he's been talking about number one, be quick to hear, two, be slow to speak, three, slow to anger, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God, four, put away all filthiness, rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. Primarily for a person to be saved or to be born again, they must receive God's implanted word. God himself plants it in our hearts, yet it must be received. It sounds like a contradiction, but God is, has put this seed within us, but each and every day, the confirmation of our faith, the confirmation that we're walking in him, that we live by his word, is that we receive it every day. We receive it more and more. We grow to love his word more and more each day, to look it, into it like a mirror and understand more of the living God who has created us, who has fashioned us. See, James with his illustration of looking into the mirror of God's word means a continual receiving of God's word with meekness, a submission because of his call. God has called us out from the old man, from our old ways. He's called us to life of submission, to be a servant of the living God, to, to live for him, to love him wholeheartedly. See, we see this call in verse 18. It says, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. The directive is clear in verse 22 and 25. It says, but be doers of the word. Verse 25 says, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer, who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Let's explore these verses further. How do we obey God's word daily? And what is the outcome of our obedience to God's word? If we are to obey God's word daily, we need to remove the blockages the hindrances to receiving the word of God. We must first of all grow daily to receive God's word. 
We need to deal with those blockages of sin. Sin creates a resistance and blockage to us receiving his word. We need God's word like it was oxygen. We need to breathe it. We need to, that, that continual exchanging and just allowing God's word to do what it needs to do in our hearts. See, if we notice the rendering of that verse 21, it says, is able to save your souls. The word of God continues to sanctify a believer's heart as we receive it by submitting to it. We need to receive it, receive more and more every day. It's a daily thing to know him more. See, when we are in awe of the word of God and it's life transformative work to make us into a new creation, to have a new birth, born of the spirit and the word, it can only lead us to obey God's word by receiving it daily. We grow in obedience as the Bible reveals and convicts us of our sins that we're still wrestling with. See, the law of Moses identified a sin, could not atone for our transgressions. This perfect law James is mentioning, the law of liberty, the law in which Jesus fulfilled all things for us. As we look into it daily, it does a heart transplant, shedding us of our evil desires, helping to see our sinfulness and thus also resting on the accomplished work of Jesus on the cross. And the Holy Spirit, we need, how we need the Holy Spirit to put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness that hinder our obedience to the word of God. See, the addiction to sin bears such a huge weight in blocking the word of God, being a conduit of our sanctification. We should be growing in bringing those sins by the help of the Holy Spirit, before God in prayer. See, Psalms chapter 1 verse 3 talks about us meditating day and night, delighting in God's word. The receiving of God's word in our hearts, and not just a head knowledge, is a test of the genuineness of our faith. True believers saved is being saved and will be saved by the implanted word. But a true believer also presses in, in receiving the word of God, its counsel and submitting to it. There needs to be a recognition and a gratefulness for the power of God's word, which is able to save your souls. Our souls is at stake. Where will we, you spend eternity? The living God himself has left his abiding word in a written form for me and you. If we do not delight in the word of God, it will hinder how we, we receive it. The word of God must be held up to the highest esteem with God himself. It is the mirror to which we look in daily. You wouldn't leave your home without looking at yourself in the mirror. So 
I wouldn't do the same. So how are we able to start our days without looking into the word of truth, the implanted word, the perfect law, the law of liberty? See, our delight, our delight in God's word should make us quick to hear the word of God. We can't miss that in James, what he says there in verse 19. He says, be quick to hear. What is this quick to hear? It's to be quick to hear God's word. You you just want the counsel of God's word. You want it concerning every aspect of your life. You, you delight so much in it that you just want to be in God's presence continually. You want to be at Bible studies. You want to study the word of God. You, you want to come on a Sunday to hear God's word being preached faithfully. And you, in your daily life, you want to know God more by reading it. Reading his word, the word that he has given to us. Jesus, we get to know more of his character, more of who he is, more of what he has done for us. We can appreciate him more when we read his word. So we must be quick to hear God's word. And then we, our delight must make us to be slow to speak it. When we delight in God's word especially for teachers, for preachers, for, for teachers of Sunday school, for any form of teachers that bring God's word to, to his people. It should make us slow to speak. We need to handle God's word carefully because it will either cause others to obey it or lead them astray. The weight must be felt. We need to understand that this word, this living word, is able to save souls eternities at stake here. We mustn't speak vain words or words from our own wisdom, our own understanding, but only the understanding comes from the living God, the Holy Spirit inspired words. We must take care not to just speak the word of God so loosely that we don't speak the word of God to ourselves. We don't read the word of God to ourselves. Just take care that we're not just speaking the, the word of God to people and not receiving it in our hearts because you can't preach of what's not in your heart. You receive God's word when you submit in meekness to his perfection. See, when we see verse 25, it talks about the perfect law which is the whole counsel of God's word. It's a perfect mirror to look into. We can trust God's word. Second Timothy chapter 3.16 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. See, the works that result from genuine faith are channeled through our obedience to God's word. A true believer should focus on obeying God from a position of love and reverence. And that would ultimately lead to action. 
for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. That's what Philippians 2.13 says. When we go back to James, it says, when we, we see verse 23, it, notice the word intently. The hearer is like the one who looks intently into the mirror of God's word, but immediately on turning away, he or she forgets. The devil takes away whatever seed that was sowed, the cares, the attractions of, the, of life. The worries and hardships of life come and the word is not received and therefore not obeyed. This person is possibly serious, diligent in their search for the truth of God. They, they desire God, but there is no obedience, no growing in showing the fruit of the Spirit. If their faith is not being supplemented with those qualities, as we've been studying in 2 Peter chapter 1, those qualities, virtue, knowledge, knowledge of self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection and love. If these things are not increasing in your life, then James is adhering to what Peter is also stating, that such a person is nearsighted and is blind, having forgotten what he has been cleansed from, his former sins. See, on the other hand, the doer is thrust into action. James is saying that our action, the works that result from our faith in Jesus, finds its root in our obedience to, the, to God and his word. We see again in verse 25 that we must persevere in looking into God's word and obeying it. We must come regularly before the Lord Jesus through his word, who has made us the righteousness of God, having been clothed with his righteousness. If we are to obey our Lord and Saviour, we have to endure the testing, as James says earlier in verse 3 of chapter 1, that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. True faith in Jesus will, will always produce endurance, will always produce steadfastness. Are you trusting in Jesus to help you to understand his word, to memorise his scripture, to be able to give an account of the hope of Christ in you? Are we ready to bring our weaknesses and sin regularly before the throne of Jesus, our high priest? See, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, talks about the word of God is living and active. It's living and active. If the word of God is truly living and active, then surely reading and hearing of it by Christ exalting believers should make us alive and active also in good works and bring forth good fruits. See, no creatures are hidden from his sight. Jonah tried to hide from God. The disobedience of man will not escape the eye of God. Notice the previous verses in, in Hebrews 4, verse 11. It says it talks about the disobedience of unbelievers. There's nothing that's hidden. Whilst works does not save anybody and never will. 
if you are to be, if you are, to, if you are not led to obey God's word, then how much do you trust Him? Why do we trust so much in our own abilities? A song says that we trust and obey. There is no other way to be happy in Jesus. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. When we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who would trust and obey. Our second point is, what is the outcome, therefore, of our obedience to God's word? The end of verse 25 says that, Be no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. He will be blessed in his doing. He will be blessed in his doing. In his doing. It reminds us, that Psalm 1, it, Psalm 1 is such a wonderful passage of scripture. It says that, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in, in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so. But Allah chaffs that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Those that do God's word, that obey God's word, they will be blessed. We're not just talking about prosperity. We're talking about a blessing to, that comes from knowing God, that comes from having an intimate relationship with him, to, to be loved by God, to be known by God, to spend time in his presence, to, to, to stick close to God, and to abide under the shadow of the Almighty, to be planted by rivers, the streams of water, and bring forth fruits in due season. The focus is being planted, the seed then being watered, obeying God's word continuously. Then fruits come. The fruits of obedience to God's word that confirms our faith, that confirms that that word was implanted in the beginning. Doer of God's word will be blessed. We'll surely endure hardships. We'll endure and persevere when scripture looks difficult, but you persevere to ask for the Holy Spirit to give you understanding enlighten you, to open your eyes, to see clearly the beauty of God's word, to delight in it. Thus, meditating on it day and night, that you may know him, the living God. Amen.